Tonight's story has a community divided. On one factor, 14 is too young to be tried as an adult, but on the other, the killer slashing his victim 16 times makes the difference. The total rage and severity of this murder is so gruesome that the sentence should be equal to, if not greater than, life in prison. No matter your angle, the atrocities feel multiplied because of the victim herself, a kind-hearted math teacher. Welcome to Talk Murder to Me, coming to you from Casa de Collins. I don't know what the Gaelic word for, I don't know what the Gaelic word for house is, so I'm going to go with the Spanish word. Uh, coming to you live from my bar, as you can see in the background. So still got a lot of work to do in the house, but I'm glad to have John and Nicole here. Thanks for having us as always, Jen. So I want to say tonight, this story that we're doing right now if you're new here, I put all my sources on talkmurder.com. All you guys getting on YouTube now and following us doing the videos on YouTube, thank you so much for all the new subscribers. I'm doing these videos, the ones at Jen's house, for Supremos only, and we just launched the forum. And we just launched the forum at talkocast.com slash join. And the membership is $25 a year. That's $2 a month. And we think it's a great deal. So every week when we do a video at Jen's house, we'll put that on exclusively for you guys, our new Supremos. So I think it's a pretty good deal. And our old Supremos too. Yeah, exactly. So go to talkocast.com. And the reason we're using talkocast is because when we had the the initial Supremo program going on, people were sort of not complaining, but they really couldn't get on talkmurder.com at work, you know, because of the murder stuff. Valid point, yeah. myself included. Yeah. So that's why we're switching to talkocast plus eventually with the other shows that we have on the network, we can add bonus content on there as well. So you can get everything. So 25 bucks a year, talkocast.com slash join. If you want to see the video tonight and thank you so much for your support. Now, John, I have a question about our, about our previous lifetime members. Yeah, they're fine. You just go to talkocast and hit the message me, the contact button or if you were a previous Supremo or a small talco, and I'll set you up an account on the new one. And you're good. No payment necessary. But for everyone else, $25 a year. Videos every week. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I don't know. All right. So tonight we are actually going to around y'all's area. If you're a Supremo, we have this video for you on the forum so you can follow along with us. For you podcast listeners, I'm showing them Google Earth and we are going to 60 Cabot Road, Danvers, Massachusetts. Do you know oh. where that's at? What is Danvers? Where is it compared to where y'all grew up? In the, um, in the slums. It's well, <laughs> I did grow up in New Bedford, John. So that's not that that comment's a little too close. But anyway, um, it's quite north of where I'm from. This is an upper middle class neighborhood. About 950 students. They have a security system, like a very nice security system. And in fact, CCTV from this story, which is kind of crazy, is extremely clear. 
compared to the other story we did, which was around the same time. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. So they have about 140 cameras at this school, and we are going to October 22nd, 2013. Have you guys heard of this story before? No, but this is also right around the time of the Kendrick Johnson case that we just covered too, right? Wasn't Mm -hmm. it also in 2013? So Nicole, can you read this? This is from the search warrant that was issued about this case. On October 22nd, 2013, at approximately 1,834 hours, the Danvers police were contacted by an individual identified as Diana Chisholm. Miss Chisholm stated that her son, Philip, 14 years old, date of birth, January 21st, 1999, had not come home from school, and she said that she was unable to locate him on school grounds at the athletic facility. It was learned that Philip Chisholm was of biracial ethnicity. The Danvers High School is located at 60 Cabot Road, Danvers, Massachusetts. After she called the Danvers police, Miss Chisholm went to the Danvers police station to fill out a missing person report. Nicole, do you remember if this was around the time of the pregnancy packs that were going on in Boston? Or was that earlier? I think that was a little earlier. I think so. Because I remember, wasn't there a Lifetime movie about it? And I feel like that came out while, maybe while we were still in high school, I think. All right. Philip Chisholm, he's 14 years old. He's a student. He's biracial. And his date of birth is January 21st, 1999. If you want to describe this person for our audience, Nicole. Um, He is a young man with um, glasses Maybe it's just me, but the glasses make him look like super smart. Like is that because me, you're wearing like, glasses? No, no, I don't think I look very smart in glasses. But he just, I, I get this, like he's got a kind smile. He doesn't have like a open mouth smile. So I get the sense that he's shy because of the that pose. Like he's got like medium tan skin, dark hair. Yeah, very unassuming, I would say. Seems like a sweet kid. Okay, so Philip Chisholm, he lived with his mom, Diana, in a basement apartment at her aunt's house at 10 Riverside Street. He has two siblings, and he and his mom were going through a very stressful divorce. The mom and Philip just moved out of their home from the dad, and it was a horrible split like was were they in an abusive situation i couldn't find anything about the abuse but i did find the actual divorce proceedings and i have that on pdf and it didn't say anything about the abuse and both parents do get to you know spend time and and have time with the 14 year old so i didn't see anything where he was abused but from what from all accounts even his Um, earlier before this event, he said that it was a very stressful divorce. So that's all we know about that. Okay, so if you kind of want to paint the picture of this guy for our audience the best you can, that's another photo of him. Now, he moved from Clarksville, Tennessee with his mother. And he is a soccer star, but he's also a loner. So he goes missing on this day, the 22nd, 2013 of October, After he didn't show up for soccer practice, all of his soccer buddies spend the whole night looking for him. And then finally, the mom 
Um, not finally, I shouldn't say finally. She does it really quick, but she contacts the police and puts out a missing persons request for her son because he's only 14 years old. I was going to say, he's only, I was trying to do the math. He's 14. I mean, he looks like scrawny. He looks like a kid to me. I mean, yeah, he looks like a soccer player in this picture you can see is wearing his soccer uniform. Yeah, well, the next picture I'm going to show you is probably better for that. So that's him. I think he's in the soccer uniform there. But officers decided to ping his cell phone, and AT&T said the phone was pinged at 4.30 p.m., and the timeline is kind of important in this case, at the Hollywood Hits Theater. And I'm showing them a video right now for Google Earth of the theater. This is located off Endicott Street in Danvers. So have y'all been to Danvers? You know, when you were doing the Google Maps, it it's uh, northeast of Boston, and it's right along 95, actually. So when you, you I would oh, okay. pass Danvers, like a Danvers exit going to my grandparents' house in New Hampshire. Okay, so this is Danvers right here. Uh, and Endicott me. is a college up in that area, too. Um, so what when, is this? Like, describe this for our audience. Where it looks, we're at. This looks like an abandoned strip mall at this yeah, point. Yeah, it is. It is. And there, there's a theater there called Hollywood Hits, and it's not there anymore. But this is what Hollywood Hits look like. And oh, it almost looks like a video store, like a like a Hollywood well, video. It's, it's definitely a movie theater because, and that's him in the movie concession stand buying I a ticket. I miss going to the movies. He actually bought a. 4.30 showing for Gravity, that crappy movie with um, Ben... George Clooney, George Clooney. and... <laughs> <laughs> Tang. We were just watching the episode of American Dad where they were talking all about George Clooney. We've moved on from Family Guy, just so that you guys Getting know. Getting some Tang. <laughs> was Sandra Bullock in that one, too? Yeah. It's supposed to be the most inaccurate science movie ever created. Like it number, was a good movie, though. I mean, I know... If you watch a space movie or a battleship in space type of movie, there's no explosions in space as far as sound goes. There is a vacuum, so there's no there's no way the sound can travel. Does that make sense? So, like, any show like Gravity the Movie, if something blows up, you're not going to be able to hear it. No one's going to be able to hear it. Is that the one where they were alone in space, or am I thinking about something else? Yes, they are alone. It's just the two of them, like something happens and it ends up just being Sandra Bullock, like trying to make her way back to Earth after some like catastrophic event. It's good, actually, but... No, it sucks. All right, if you want to read this, this is also from the search warrant. Phone conversation with Sue Abrazovich. Colleen Ritzer is known to be missing. On October 23rd, 2013, at approximately 1815 hours, I had a phone conversation with Danvers High School Principal Sue Abramovich. Mrs. Abramovich said that on October 22nd, 2013, at approximately 1800 hours, Carrie Gent, who is the mother of a student at Danvers High School, personally contacted her. She said that Mrs. Gent said that Philip Chisholm was observed around 1530 hours on October 22nd, 2013, running away from the high school. Mrs. Abramovich said that she told Mrs. Gent to go to the police. Mrs. A told me that approximately 2,100 hours, she sent out a mass email to her staff at the high school and informed them of Philip Chisholm missing. All right. So now you have student and teacher. It turns out that 
Philip Chisholm, this 14-year-old, his last class of that day, October 23rd, was in Miss Ritzer's math class. She is a teacher. So now we got two missing people, a 24-year-old, Colleen Ritzer, which was the math teacher, and a 14-year-old student named named Philip Chasm. Were they together? Named Philip Chisholm. Did they go missing together? Were they having an affair? They shared the last period class together. That's all people knew. Now, Colleen's parents actually called another math teacher around 2100, which is what time, Nicole? (laughs) Do you want me to answer for you? No, let her guess. Don't think about it. It's (laughs) 8 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock. I don't know it. I just don't know it. The only thing I like about military time is when I was working in HR and I had to key in like time punches um, or key in schedules, especially is that instead of typing like four, um, four zero zero PM or, you know, AMs, like that's where it got really helpful for me. I could just put 1600 to 1630 or it's so much easier. I mean, because you don't have to do AM and PM. It's just so easy. I mean, midnight is what? <laughs> oh, dark hundred. Exactly. Oh, dark hundred. And then you just count up from that. <laughs> I just, I just mean, leave and, me alone. And then Let me have noon, my faith. What okay. is noon? <laughs> Twelve hundred. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Isn't easy. Okay. Well, it. it, it Speaking it, of somebody who lived with it for so. Okay. Long. Yeah. It does help if you have certain times. So, like our formation every day was at zero six hundred, and then uh, sixteen thirty. Which was <laughs> four thirty PM. I was gonna say that, but I didn't want to be wrong again. <laughs> uh, that was hard, okay. Nicole, can you describe Colleen Ritzer to our podcast listeners, please? Um, she also looks very young. I would not she's have guessed she was twenty four. Yeah. Really? Actually. You think she's younger than that? She looks super young. Well, I mean, super, like she could twenty four is super young. Oh, are you making a joke now that I'm 30? <laughs> asshole. I got out of the army when I was 24. That was, um, I was like ready to conquer you, the world. You, now I'm just you like. You met me when I was still 24. No, I was 25, but close enough. You told me you were 21. No, I did not. <laughs> um, but she looks like she could be in high school herself. She just looks really, really young to me. She does look super young to me, though. Like I would, if I were a bouncer in a bar, I would absolutely card her. Yeah. For so for you podcast listeners, because Nicole didn't answer the question, she's brunette. She's got a, a beautiful smile. She's a, a beautiful woman. Let me tell you a little bit about her background. She's a lifelong resident of Andover. Know where that's at? I do. That's where my parents first lived. She is a 2007 graduate of Andover High School, a 2011 graduate of Assumption College. Yes, that's in Worcester. That's a private Catholic school? It is. The Greyhounds. What is with y'all with those freaking (laughs) Catholic schools? (laughs) What about them? Why is there no Baptist schools? Because it's not a thing. It's just not a thing. We have kids, too. Yeah, but you don't have <laughs> you don't have kids that live we up have, north in Boston. You have to think about the population. Oh yeah, the kids are easy in Boston. <laughs> you have to think about where the population of immigrants settled in Massachusetts. 
the Italians and what are you talking the about? We're Irish all born here. <laughs> are like a bit. That's the biggest okay. population of immigrants, and those were all Catholics. Yeah, I remember when I took my first horse and buggy ride in Charleston. They said that they that the Southerners hated the Catholics down here in Charleston. And that we were the least welcome group. So we had to settle somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you guys do have a different way about you. Always trying to hurry up stuff and making me get up at 9.30 a.m. is like, shit. So she's a 2011 graduate of Assumption College. And it's one of the uh, top liberal arts universities in New England. Small private Catholic college in Worcester. That's where they make Worcester. And it's Worcester. Not, it's not where they make Worcestershire sauce. Wor- Worcester. It's Worcester. W-I-S-T-E-R? That's how you pronounce it. Worcester. No, not with an I. Worcester. Worcester. Was actually, if you really want to be technical, Worcester. Worcester. Nope. At the time that she went missing, she was pursuing a graduate degree from Salem State College. So y'all know where all these places are. And you never heard of this? Story? I, I I don't know. Something's kind of triggering a little bit now, but I almost went to Salem State instead of the Citadel, except I didn't apply. So almost not being that really. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this is a, like an affair situation going on. Like a, what was that one famous teacher? Mary, Mary Kay Letourneau. Is that who I'm thinking of? Who was like a faint, really famous teacher yeah, that yeah, had an I know affair with her? There's a series on either Hulu or Netflix now called A Teacher. All right. I'm actually just burying the lead here and I don't want I don't want to be like that because she's actually the murder victim and since she is if you see the um for the Supremos I have the title of A Horrible Murder of a Wonderful Person and Colleen Ritzer was a very wonderful person. She dreamed of becoming a teacher since preschool where, and according to ColleenRitzerScholarship.com, as early as three, Colleen realized her love for helping others through the caring efforts of her favorite preschool teacher, who would also become her mentor mentor and lifelong friend. I'm not good at reading. <laughs> so, um, See, I have hard time with military time. Yeah. Hard time with reading. So what I'm showing you now is her tweets, her Twitter tweets. And this is a video but that I put on here. You can kind of see what she's posting, right? She's posting her homework assignments. Right. It's all about math. And if you look at the video, well, if you look at here, Nicole, she's po- she posts memes and I have a video of her Twitter. That's why I'm, I'm saying that. But um, it's all motivational stuff. So she'll wake up and be like, it's going to be a beautiful day today type of stuff. I can't wait for math. Cause she's a math teacher. Well, it looks like um, this may not be her like personal, personal account. Maybe just her school account or if she only no, uses that it for is school. Her, that's her personal account. Okay. Because yeah. it has Miss... Miss Ritzer Math is the, the the handle, so this is probably an account she created just for her students because Twitter was extremely popular. Well, it's still popular, but like it, everyone had a Twitter. Um, well, now they back have then. TikTok. Yeah. All right, so guys, I'm putting a video on TalkMurder.com for you podcast people. You definitely want to go there and see this. This is the CCTV surveillance video from the school. As I said before, the school had 140 cameras that were apparently 
high definition, at least more so than the Kendrick Johnson case. So I'm putting that footage on there. This is a 12-minute video. I'm going to condense it for podcast format, but I definitely recommend you go watch the video because it's extremely shocking. Well, you, you um, when you're talking about comparing the two different security systems, you have to consider socioeconomic status um, being a major player in that, especially because Danvers is a pretty well-to-do area. The last episode that we did with uh, Kendrick Johnson, I mean, they were sharing shoes. So I don't know if the school was a Title I school in Georgia, but it was it certainly seemed like a poorer area. So around 2.54 p.m., you see Colleen walking. She's actually going to the women's restroom. She has kind of a smile on her face. I feel like she's always smiling. She's always happy. She's walking down the hall, and then her student, Philip Chisholm, walks out right behind her and kind of looks. He's looking around, and then he wanders down the hall. It's important to note that he does put his hood up so that the cameras can't really identify him. Exactly. Which is crazy because, the I mean, what did he think? There's so many cameras everywhere in the school. Anyway, he's walking with his hood up now. You see him going towards the women's bathroom and he's putting on a pair of gloves. You see the water fountains there. 11 minutes later, another student walks into the restroom and walks out. And then he walks out. And now you... Go ahead, Jen. Was there a time lapse? Was this, is this the type of camera system that stops when there's no motion? No, no. This right, is so she literally walks in, and sees him, and turns around. No, they just cut it. They, oh, okay. they cut. They cut. That's a good question. They cut it so you don't have to sit okay. there for twenty minutes. What and, is he carrying out with him? A backpack? He's carrying a change of clothes with him, and you see him running. And I'm putting this video on talkmore.com so you can see. But he is in a hurry. Now remember, this is three. 10 p.m. He just walks out the same room that Colleen walked out of. She went to the women's restroom. He followed her, put on a hood. And now 15 minutes later, he's running all through the school and he changed clothes as well. You see that? Mm -hmm. He was wearing a different set of clothes. Now he's wearing a white t-shirt and a pair of jeans carrying his backpack. So he left his... Blue sweatshirt. He took it out. It looked like he was going down out down out the stairs. So he took that. Like what? He's also oh, he wearing put on a, a mask. He's also wearing a ski mask. Yeah. Which at first I was like, oh yeah, that's normal because we've been living in COVID times. But this is 2013, so no one wears a ski mask. Not in October. It's not yeah. nearly cold enough to to justify that. Yeah. So he put on a ski mask. You see another student right there. There's a soccer player behind him. He's supposed to be getting ready for soccer practice. So they're about to see him at soccer practice. However, he never shows up. But they do see him running. You see the kid there? Mm -hmm. He's the soccer buddy. And he's like, where are you going? And the, and the kid just runs out of the school. Okay, back to the women's bathroom again. If you want to describe what he's dragging. Is that a trash barrel? Yep, this is 322. So about... Ten minutes later, he is dragging a trash barrel, a bin, a trash yeah. bin by its wheels. You know, the handles yeah, are on the yeah. back. He is dragging it through the halls. So I'm going to pause it. What do you think is inside that trash bin? So this is quick. I mean, all right, Jen, you, you work in the school. Do you see students dragging 
trash bins out? Do they have to take the trash out? How no, 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 we have a custodial team. Oh, okay. Well, what about most schools? Does does any school have that where they no, take their No, usually own trash you have out? at least a, one or two janitors. I mean, depending on the size of the school, but a public school like that, you would have a team of custodians. The reason I asked, and this is hindsight, obviously, but all the teachers and, and walking around outside, all the staff members, like they see him, but who would ever think that there is another teacher inside this trash barrel? You see this uh, man right here, this bald man walking his dog, mm -hmm. and then the dog stops and kind of tries to sniff the trash bin there. It's kind of freaky. Creepy. Yeah. Well, also, if you don't mind me commenting, when he's running through the halls, you do see film of another of a teacher walking past him and not saying anything. But it's after school, so, I mean, you don't, like, usually you're, like, in your own are you not supposed to run in the halls? They just but, told I me mean, not to run with scissors. I didn't know about the halls. <laughs> but I mean, like you, you're after school. It's kind of I don't want to say it's free game because you there you there are like what's the is it moray the Mor moray more no not mori mores folk folkways and mores you know the things that you're supposed to like societal rules. It's a sociology what? term. Never mind. Anyway, We're there's not like, all teachers, Jen. It's not a teacher term. It's like I've never taken the sociology course. First the military time. Now this. It's going downhill for me today. <laughs> there's a lot of lessons. Well, in <laughs> well, I mean, there's just like rules that you follow. Like you're not supposed to run through the halls, and then like, but the teacher didn't like say anything because they were. It wasn't during the school day. She's on her own time now. I would have tripped him. So when this happened, the the first timestamp, which was two fifty four, we said. Yeah. So now it's four. That was after school school hours anyway yeah like classes so were already last over. period and i'm gonna get to this in a minute but miss colleen ritzer asked philip chisholm to stay after class because he needed help with his math homework I, I guess he was failing or failing a test or something so he was the only one in her room you know giving getting private instructions so it looked like he stopped to talk to someone before he left so i'm wondering if like he just did that to make it look like he was talking to someone well you look at him right now he just left the bathroom again and but that was the men's room the wasn't men's it? room but he changed completely he was wearing jeans now he's wearing a black hooded sweater and a pair of shorts going back into the ladies room yes back into the ladies room He's also walking with no shoes, which a lot of kids do that because I see a lot of kids on this video do that. Ugh, no, you don't. I mean, no, no, you don't walk barefoot. No. I mean, when I would change for basketball in the locker room, you know, some some girls would go sh like have socks on and go into the bathroom. But no, that just ugh, that skews me out. Do y'all like lather each other up in the shower and stuff? Okay. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. His face was just, oh man. See, look, there's other kids not wearing shoes. But I'm glad that you, I'm glad that I told you no. Also, because you're, you know, this is in high school. You don't want to be fantasizing about high schools, high school students, John. Oh, that's correct. Well, even if they're 18, still, <laughs> still bad form. You're married. Uh, so you're not just that creep. You're that married creep. <laughs> Uh, so now he's talking to the other students and he's just kind of BSing. So what do you think happened in the bathroom? Well, he killed her. But look how nonchalant he's just talking. Like what, nothing what, else. what kind of confuses me is when um, the girl came in shortly after, like right before he left, mm -hmm. did she 
walk in on him and was like, whoa, there's a dude in here? Or was she an accomplice? Did she know something? I'm going to get to that girl here in a second after we talk about this, because she did see something and then she walked out. So he's still walking down the halls of the school. Let me fast forward He just keeps walking around. This is three hours later, right? Well, he's probably buying time because he's supposed to be at soccer practice, but it probably would have done him better to go to soccer practice and then disappear than to just randomly walk around the school. Like, I'm sorry. I feel like most freshmen, well, I can't really say that because I still get questions about how to send emails, um, you know, from my students, but I, I love my students, but they don't want to send emails. I, sometimes I get emails with like the whole message in the subject line. Sometimes they don't like give do they send gr- you an email saying, how do I send an email? I have, <laughs> I have gotten an email saying, I don't know how to send an email. I have, I'm not even kidding. It was like one of the first days. Um, in response to your email. Yes. <laughs> You have to know there are the cameras in the building, especially now. In 2013, I can... Oh, yeah. But, like, I just don't... I don't know. So, that's... Honestly, he definitely knew there's cameras in the building. We didn't have cameras in our school. I guess that was way before this time period. But, dude, I I would not be okay with that. I would be the kid flipping off the cameras and spray painting the lenses. I mean, dude, they would never have cameras in the school. Yes, yes, you would have. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know this. (laughs) It would have been spray painted blue like your hair. Yeah. All right. So, wait, 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 wait a second. You had blue hair in high school. How, yeah. How do I not, have not known this until now? I think I also heard that he bleached his hair too. Well, Eminem was the thing. Yeah. There we go. All right. Frosted moving tips. on. Moving on. So that video, and I'm going to kind of go over a little bit. Detectives ping her cell phone as well, calling cell phone. Around the same time, they pinged her phone, and her phone ended up at five five continent. Conant Street, Danvers, which was the elementary school or the middle school. I don't know which one. I can't remember which one. They're all the same to me. Around the same time, Officer Stephen Baldassar. Sounds like a Pokemon. Baldassar. Baldassare from the Danvers Police Office reviews the surveillance footage, the stuff that you've just seen of Miss Colleen walking to the women's bathroom and then the 14-year-old Philip Chasm, Chisholm walking into the bathroom after her and then taking a trash bin into the bathroom and then taking it outside of school. So if you want to read this, this is about the person that came in that you were asking about earlier, Nicole, the one that saw what was kind of going on. She said that when she entered the bathroom, she saw what she believed to be a person's exposed butt of an individual who she thought was changing their clothes. She said that the person was standing up, but appeared to be leaning over. She said that she observed clothes on the floor. She was questioned about the color of the butt, and she said she thought the skin color was darker. She said that she then turned around and left the bathroom. Philip Chisholm is biracial, and Ritzer is Caucasian. She walks in, the stall is open, because y'all don't have urinals, y'all have stalls. Correct, we only have stalls. And the stall was open, and then she sees a black butt sticking out. So it's his, obviously. Naked, a naked naked butt. Yeah, a naked butt. So she just thinks, oh my God, I walked into someone changing. Because, I mean, what's the other alternative? Like, someone's getting murdered and raped in there? Like, come on, that's... Wouldn't be that's the first the thing that crosses your mind. Think. Right. Exactly. So you see someone's butt and you're like, oh shit, 
that's why she walks out really quick and you see her face like, ugh. Yeah, God, that's know? awkward. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I never like you just it's awkward when you like when you push the stall door open, you don't they they didn't lock it or whatever, and you're like, oh god, it's the worst thing ever. I'd been like, come on in. <laughs> well, that happened to me recently. We have like a one stall in the in the guidance hallway. You know, we have a, a men's room and a female, uh, um, female a women's room. Um, you know, for faculty in the guidance hallway, and I thought I locked the door, but I didn't. And then it, someone walked in. It was a, one of the substitute teachers who also happens to work with me at my other job like she works in the deli and um and it was just very awkward because i was like, ah, like um all right if you want to read this this is also from the search warrant danvers police officer stephanie Wenneberger subsequently observed red brown stains consistent with blood in the area of the second floor bathroom danvers police detective robert sullivan also reviewed the video surveillance footage and reported that he observed what appeared to be blood on philip chisholm's pants after he left the aforementioned second floor women's room. So if he is bare bottomed naked, is he changing? Cause he didn't change his clothes at this point. Is he sexually assaulting her? Yeah. I'm gonna get to that right now. Let's talk about the arrest and what they found. And then we'll wrap this up. Philip Chisholm was arrested by Topsfield police officer, Neil Hovey, when he was walking around the area around 1230 Actually, zero zero thirty. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, so twelve thirty a.m. at night, past midnight, and after he's reported missing, after the teachers reported missing, he is stopped by an officer, Neil Hovey. He has a backpack, the one you saw in the video. In the backpack was a box cutter that was stained with blood. So there's the murder weapon. When asked about whose blood was on said box cutter, he replies, quote, the girl, end quote. Also, there were many credit cards and two driver's licenses of Colleen Ritzer also in his backpack. He stated, quote, he found the items at Stop and Shop, end quote. But then he recanted his statement and he said he got them, quote, out of her car, end quote. Also, her underwear was in his backpack. Those were bluish green sheer, which is, what's a sheer? What's sheer? It's like. See-through. Oh, see-through. That was also found in his backpack. And the officer also found the jeans, which if you want to describe these jeans to our audience, Nicole. Podcast audience. There is a lot of blood on those jeans. There is a lot of blood. Are, wait, are those his? Those are, yes. These are his jeans. This is where Colleen was found. These are the woods adjacent to the school. So he didn't keep her in the garbage can? He did. He killed her in the bathroom and transported her outside of the school into the wooded area so he can resume what he was doing, which was raping her. And then um, the, the middle or elementary school was, was adjacent to the high school and he just dumped the trash bin there. He took her phones or excuse me. He took his cell phone and her cell phone and smashed them at the school, which is crazy because number one, he knows it's like, why take the extra, precautions of trying to hide this your own camera you know what i'm saying like 
Like, there's no way you're going to get away with it, which it makes me think, I don't know. Anyway, I'll get to that. Let's talk. Let's- well, he his brain hasn't, I'm not defending him, but 14, your brain is not fully developed. So, I mean, he obviously didn't, he couldn't think the whole thing through. I am not defending him because you had to have planned this somehow, but. Well, why do you think he planned it? Here's what happened. I'm going to skip forward a little bit and tell you what happened in math class. This right here is from The Independent, if you want to read this. Chisholm is claimed to have become upset when Miss Ritzer began talking about his home state of Tennessee after she had asked to stay behind class on the day she died. His parents were also said to be going through a difficult divorce. This rage happened in class, right? If you want to read this, this is from the search warrant. She said that Philip became visibly upset after she mentioned Tennessee. Which is where he's from. She said that Miss Ritzer apparently was unaware that Philip was upset, and she continued to talk about Tennessee. She said that Miss Ritzer became aware that Philip was getting upset about her talking about Tennessee. She said that Miss Ritzer later changed the topic. She also said that she observed Philip apparently talking to himself in the classroom. All right, so back to the picture of her being brought out of the woods in the body bag there. It was the very early morning when they found the crime scene. She was in the supine position, which means she was facing upwards. She was covered with leaves to try to conceal the body, which is another thing. I, I honestly, I agree with you. I don't think his brain is quite developed because why would you try to hide the body and then do what I'm about to tell you? He actually slit her throat 16 times and they believe that she was raped while she was alive. And during the rape is when the student walked in and saw, you know, and then she left. I mean, she wouldn't know that. So she saw something, but she didn't, like, hear a struggle or... I guess not. She just walked in. Maybe she had her ear pods on or whatever. I don't know. I mean, 16 times her throat was cut. That student interrupted the first attempt of rape there and that was when she was alive obviously then she bled out and he put her in the trash bin moves her body to the woods and beside her body which is another thing crazy about this case was a handwritten note that said quote i hate you all end quote but he covers the body up with leaves as to try to hide it or maybe it was more of a sympathy thing you know um, I don't know, but like, was he saying, do you think that maybe he was writing the note in the frame that it, that the teacher wrote it? Detective Sullivan said that the victim's shirt was lifted above her breasts and the bra was pulled down below her breasts. No clothing was observed on the victim's body from the waist down. He also advised me that the victim's legs were spread apart and slightly bent in what appeared to be a sexually staged or sexually positioned manner. He said that he also observed what appeared to be an approximate three foot long by a three foot long by inch in diameter barkless tree branch inserted into her vagina, in which was also consistent with sexual staging or sexual positioning. Blood and pubic hair were subsequently observed on the branch after it was removed and secured for evidentiary purposes. Clothing and other belongings were found in the brushes near the body. Blood-soaked gloves, consistent with the gloves observed in the surveillance video, were found near the body of Colleen Ritzer. This is a 14-year-old kid. Oh, my God. I just feel like, I feel I mean, like there had to have been. crazy. And I, no one's heard about this case. It was crazy. I feel like he couldn't have just, I mean, even if it came up 
in class like where did he get the gloves right after class where did he get the box cutter um you know i mean okay, having, there a bo- you go. having there a you bo- go. having a box cutter um is a little bit more understandable than having like gloves to wear and like bringing a ski mask to school in october so he had stuff yeah. on him there you go that's what i was trying to get you to to yeah, realize really good point jen because guess what he says that he was in a psychotic episode and he pleads insanity innocent he was tried as an adult which is crazy being 14 but he was tried as an adult he says that he was in a state of psychosis which i don't you know i don't think i mean who knows if it was a state of psychosis he would not have had all of those things that's what i'm saying he would have done it with some classroom scissors exactly so the fact that this is pre-planned is the nail in his coffin. He came to school with a box cutter. He came to school with a ski mask, gloves, and multiple pairs of clothes to change into. Like, he knew this was going to happen. I feel like the Tennessee thing was an excuse to make it happen, but he knew that this was going to happen, so he did plan it. Um, I do have a question. Was he diagnosed with um, bipolar disorder? Or schizophrenia? I actually that's a really good question. I have his medical records, which I'll put on talkmar.com. I he was diagnosed with a, a few different things, not schizophrenia, I'm pretty sure. But during his time in the mental institution for evaluation, he was not a ideal patient, if if that makes any sense. He would he was attacking the uh the workers and everything. And it's just a lot of stuff. And I, I understand he's 14. The only reason I ask that is because if you're having a psychotic episode, especially if you are struggling with like bipolar disorder where you can be, where you can experience mania, it's not necessarily just happening. It can, it goes into cycles. Um, and even like schizophrenic patients, um, you know, they have hallucinations, they get thoughts, they hear things. And again, I'm not defending him, but you know, if he's having a psychotic episode of he or if he was experiencing something like that to telling him to do that then maybe i could understand him having those things to prepare him but you can't have that and the combination of her talking about tennessee like i just feel like you can't well it's it yeah that's what i was thinking too because it's like such a horrible crime and it's not like he thought too much about how to get away with it i don't know if he just didn't realize the finality of what he was doing but or if he was mentally unstable, but he was going through a really stressful divorce. And for a 14 year old kid, I'm not, this is not warranting what happened, obviously in no way, but I mean, who knows, man, who knows? All I know is that he was tried as an adult, which I don't know if I am okay with that. Cause I mean, he's not an adult. He's a 14 year old kid. That's not, there's no, there's no. I I don't have a problem with that, actually, just because of the severity of the crime. And there was I mean, I know I'm kind of going back and forth, but like there there was some planning to it, even if even if there was like a state of psychosis, you know, it just I don't know. He doesn't understand the finality of the decision that a 14 year old, they don't get that. By the time you're 14, you can understand the difference between life and death. He may not be able to understand the consequences but he understands that if he kills someone, they're not going to come back to life. Like that's like, I don't know with all these video games, like I'm not being funny, but you kill someone in a video game. Guess what? They just respawn down the road. Right. But I mean, the only time, I mean, 
I, I guess it, I guess it does depend on his on the state of his, um, you know, his I don't know. brain. I I mean, like I just feel like when you know when you're eight years old, you they say like you learn the difference between right and wrong. Um, you know, just well, what as would an you example. give him as uh, far as uh, sentencing? Um, I would say, I would say life with the possibility of parole after a prolonged amount of time. Well, give me, give me time. How many years? 25. All right. So ultimately he was sentenced to 25 years for the first degree murder. Spot on. Not that I'm cheering for, but he also has 40 240 concurrent sentences, which means he can serve them at the same time for the aggravated rape and robbery. This means that, Philip Chisholm could be paroled when he's 57 years old. Interesting that the aggravated rape charge carries a heavier sentence than the murder. That's interesting. I do want to say that um, the Colleen Ritzer Scholarship at ColleenRitzerScholarship.com has so far awarded 71 future teachers. So they're funding teachers like obviously who want to become uh, an educator within the seven years, according to their stats on their website of today's date, $304,500 they've collected to fund 71 teachers, I guess, to get them through teaching school. That's awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. So I'll put that on talkmar.com, that link. This is definitely a good cause because uh, she was such a uh, wonderful person. But anyway, that's the story, and he's in prison right now. I guess he's 18 now. Yeah, he's 18. Yeah, 7, 2013. So he's like 21. So that's the story of Colleen Ritzer's murder. What do you guys think? Uh, I think it's a tragic case, and you know, it kind of makes you think twice about, uh, as an educator... You have to, you know, be aware of your class when you're teaching in front of the group, you you know, and I kind of, you know, I don't go into the classrooms a whole lot, but you do kind of have to be able to read the, and I am not blaming her whatsoever by any such of the imagination, but when she, like, you know, pay attention to like the cues that you get, um, you know, to see if something may be off with your students and build a rapport with them so that, you know, you can maybe talk to them about it and see what's going on with their life. And it, it's kind of scary, you know, uh, go, being, being an educator and, and having something like this happen. You don't think that one of the students that you're trying to help um, yeah. could, is possible, you know, capable of doing something like this. That's a good point. All right. Well, that's this story for tonight. And if you guys watched us on video, thank you so much for being a Supremo. And we are trying to do a video each week for the Supremos. So go to talkocast.com slash join. It's 25 bucks a year. That's a steal. And you can communicate with us. You can request stories and you can see the unlisted videos and all the hidden tracks that aren't available for the regular public. So talkocast.com slash join. And until next time, my name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.